Welcome to the Foundations of Sports, where it is our game plan to present positive sports stories and the people who impact and lead by their actions on and off the field. I'm your host, Chris Horgan, and thank you for joining us. Today, we have Jeremy Acaro, Dominican College lacrosse player and now team coach of the New York Rain Lacrosse Club. Jeremy took his passion for lacrosse and now, along with his fellow coaches, are helping his athletes become better on and off the field. We talk about the growth of his team, and we also talk about the growth of the game of lacrosse throughout the country. Jeremy encourages a positive relationship with his coaches, players, and parents to help the player have a great experience and build for their future. Through homework assignments and detailed training, Jeremy teaches his players accountability and how to band together as a team. We get into the players and coaches on all levels who are taking lacrosse to the next level. And what do you do when someone tells you you can't accomplish your goal? Enjoy this episode with Jeremy Acaro. We welcome Jeremy Acaro to the Foundations of Sports. Jeremy, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell us about your journey within the game of lacrosse. Oh, man. (laughs) So I kind of started this up my journey blind, I guess you could say. So I grew up in a uh, city in Newburgh, which is, uh, <sighs> how can we explain this? Um, I was good at soccer. I was good at basketball. And then this little thing started to trickle down called lacrosse. So I'm like, uh, what does anybody really know about lacrosse anyway? And I didn't, but I know I was an athlete. I could run. I had very good hand-eye coordination. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. So gave it a shot, and usually when I commit to something, I go 100% no matter what it is. Um, so started off, I was absolutely horrible at the actual game, but kind of intrigued me a little bit, gave me a little challenge. So what I started to do after that is I started to hit the wall a lot. And then from there, that opened up opportunities for me to go to camp, and from the camp, I was actually asked to go to specific tournaments. And me, I still know nothing about lacrosse. I know nothing about getting recruited or anything like that. So I just ran with it a little bit. I ended up seeing that I was getting, well, at the time in high school, you had near one or two standout players in Section 9. And then you had mediocre guys. So from there, what ended up, happening was that uh, I got asked to go to a turkey. It's called the Turkey Shootout, which is in Binghamton. From there, I was actually shocked. I got approached by four different college coaches. From there, we started talking about the details and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, wow, I'm really loving this game. Like, I love the speed of it. I love the adrenaline rush that it gives me, and I just love the competition. Um... Long story short is, senior year came, I ended up signing with Dominican College, got three quarters of a ride to play there, and that's sort of how my journey began with lacrosse. Um, So my main focus with that is that I believe that lacrosse changed my life, and in return, I would like to have the opportunity to change some of the players' uh, life the way lacrosse touched me. And um, I think currently I'm doing it now, which is a, it's a blessing in disguise and uh, we're just growing and growing and growing. Um, I'm loving it. Um, uh, The hundred point club 
uh, for Dominican College that broke a whole bunch of scoring records. And actually, my right-hand man for New York Rain for laxology is Owen Smith, which happened to be my righty attackman when I was the lefty attackman. So it's kind of funny how this whole thing happened. It's, it's amazing how some of your teammates become some of your best friends years later in life. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Owen, <laughs> Owen was that guy. Um, he started off at TCNJ. Uh, well, first of all, he started off at Bosco, Don Bosco Prep, a very known location for lacrosse, very good lacrosse player. He didn't really know what he wanted in life just yet, so he started going to uh, TCNJ, which is a JUCO team, which is a junior college, so like Onondaga and all them play in there. It's only a two-year college, but he didn't really like the aspect or career of that. He actually came in the same year I did, which was 2005. From there, uh, me and Owen kind of hit it off pretty good, but not knowing each other. He's from Jersey. I'm from Newburgh, and who are you to tell me what to do, yada, yada, yada. So <laughs> we had our differences for a little bit, but then uh, he was that guy that, like, he gave it 150% no matter what he did. But there was times that he did mess up, and we did run for him. But he was always that kid that if we were to run for him, he's going to continue to run until he feels like, hey, I just doubted my team, so now I'm going to show you, like, I'm sorry. Uh, awesome guy crashed on my couch a couple of times, uh, when he got kicked out of his dorm room. So he was literally always right there with me. And that, that just the intensity, the, the knowledge, the love of the game that Owen brings to the table is bar none. It's great to work with great people. And like you said, teammates and friends for life, certainly. hundred percent. I agree with it that. seems like you had a very positive experience at Dominican and that transition to the New York rain. Tell our audience a little bit about how one developed into the other. So graduating from Dominican college, I mean, we all had our uh, trials and tribulations going through uh, new team, new players, not knowing how people are. And we kind of, we banded together. Uh, we've had several head coaches, at the, the face of Dominican College, uh, the one that I will always remember and I will always give him the most props in the world was Nick Ballou. Nick Ballou was my uh, freshman uh, head coach, and he was that guy that he wanted you to get better and he showed you how to do it. And what he did, I was a lefty attackman. It's kind of weird because I do everything righty, so like I write righty, but I actually play lacrosse lefty. So it's kind of like the Canadian way. Your strongest hand is closer to your body. So when I did that, coach always asked me, why don't you put the uh, the stick in your right hand? Like, coach, to be honest with you, I don't think you really want that because I'm not the best with it. So you know what he did? He didn't really believe in that, like, oh, it's okay. We'll take you in, blah, blah, blah. No, he duct taped my hands to the right hand of my stick and then proceeded to play defense on me. That's how I learned how to use my right hand because of Nick Ballou. Awesome coach. Whatever happened, happened with uh, him in the college. He ended up leaving us after. We had a couple intern uh, head coaches. Uh, they were okay, but the one person that actually stood out to me was Nick Ballou. So in transition period, what we like to do, for especially the New York Rain, is that um, 
we take the, we understand that every player is wired differently. And from there, that kind of helps us with our coaching abilities and our habits. Owen is more of the passionate, aggressive type. So he's going to, he'll yell at you on the field, but it's, it's strictly coming from his heart. Uh, me, I'm the quiet, laid back type. And if I tell you to do something, I expect it done. So what that does for us is it kind of gauges us. It, it, there's a happy medium on um, how the player and the mentality of um, what we throw at what we throw at them to see if they're a sponge they can soak it up, absorb it, and then put it into say like a game or tournament like atmosphere. Um, our practices are very meticulously drawn out. Uh, I mean, just even going through our practice plans even before we have it, we have a quote of the day. It starts it off. Um, I think the first. The first practice this, uh, for New York Green for the summer was hate losing more than you love winning. Just let that sink in a little bit. So what we do is we try to start them off with a quote to, to get the brain start moving. From there, we warm them up. We do uh, two laps. And then if you ever gone to one of our practices, we always start off with clapping. So we clap, one person starts it, and then everybody gets in tune with it. So we're kind of being in sync a little bit. Believe it or not, the psychology behind that is um, banding them together without them actually realizing it. They look to their left, they look to their, uh, they look to their left, they look to their right to make sure they're all on the same page, all in one rhythm, because we're a team, we're a family. Uh, from there, we do our stretches. After we're done doing our stretch, uh, stretches, we do our dynamic warm-ups which is more like um, karaoke, side shuffle, butt kicks, high knees, etc. cetera. Uh, and then from there, based on what we see when we warm up, so we started off with the USA drill, which is essentially a full field clear, having uh, players realizing uh, who they're passing to, uh, talking for help, and that kind of gauges our practice. If we're doing a lot of drop balls, the balls are hitting the ground, bad passes, we know that we have to start off with our position-specific coaching. So right now, even for the summer, we have 12 coaches always on board for uh, our practices. So, I mean, <laughs> I only have two teams. It's a 2021 team, which is a ninth-grade team, and a 2022 team, which is an eighth-grade team. To have 12 coaches, that's kind of unheard of around here. But what we like to do is we like to do the position-specific stuff so we can really hone in on your individual skills to showcase them at our tournaments and some of the games that we attend. Um, and I keep on going back to that, pretty much saying that uh, lacrosse changed my life. I would like to, in return, pass that down to you guys. Um, and that, that's how it kind of translates from Dominican College coaching to what we started here at New York Rain. Everything you just said reflects on how you got involved in the game. You mentioned at the beginning of the interview, uh, the challenge, and then the commitment. Like you said, you're all in. It's not 85%. It's not 97%. It's 110%. You're all in. And it seems like you, Owen, and the rest of the coaches certainly embody that. And I want to tell our audience a little bit about a quote that you guys have on your website. It says, our number one priority is to create a positive experience for our players to grow and develop into the best players on and off the field. And it seems like you guys are doing that, not only just in the games, 
but doing the little things when practice starts. Hundred percent. Uh, that was uh, that was our uh, number one priority. That's that's the quote you just said, right? Our number one priority is to create a facade. Okay. So exactly. What we like to do is we have this whole uh, mind state behind uh, growing champions, not only on the field but off the field. So if you look at some of the things that we do, we give some of our players homework assignments. Uh, the homework assignments are, uh, for this week, I think is a thousand reps because we had technically a week off. So how we do that is we actually monitor them through the, uh, SNYPR app and, uh, I create team codes and then from there they log in and we see everything they do. And obviously if they don't do homework, there's going to be some type of punishment behind it. So not only are we teaching them the, the skills that is required on and off the field, but we're also trying to uh, make sure, A, they're a leader on, and B, the leader off. What I mean by leader off the field is we continue to monitor parents as well to, uh, A, make sure their grades are good, B, no disrespect at the household at all. And if you do talk back, parents are uh, – I wouldn't say obligated, but encouraged to let the coaches know about exactly what's going on and for us to try to step in to maybe curb that because you have to be respectful this day and age. Not everything is handed to you and they have to realize something. If you want something so bad, why put in 85% if you can give it 100? You couldn't have said it better than that. Not only are you teaching discipline on the field, but also off the field. And working with the parents, that's also something special that transcends just the game of lacrosse. It goes to every sport where you, coaches and parents have that positive relationship and working on building the, the, their son or daughter up. And the coaches working on their players to not only be better lacrosse players, but just, just better people. And, and that's what we try to get forth at the Foundations of Sport is just who is making an impact not only on the field, but off the field. And, and you guys are certainly doing it there. Appreciate that. Uh, we we work we work very hard to do this. You talk about uh, champions, making a champion, and uh, the Yale Bulldogs. They were the 2018 NCAA lacrosse champions, and you, you guys, your team participated in the Yale Bulldog Bash training camp. What was the impact of that training camp on your team? So it wasn't necessarily uh, a training camp. What it was is uh, the Yale Bulldog Bash is that they put uh, two tournaments on, usually in the fall and the summer. And um, for the 2021 team, it was a very good showing. Uh, we went three and one. I believe we played second or third. I forgot. I think there was one team that went four and zero oh for that. When I say 2021, I mean it's the ninth grade team. That's just the year they graduate. The 2022 team, they went one and three. You got to remember something, though. They're a developing team. They're trying to find exactly where they fit uh, on the field and off the field. And I know when I was a kid, when you were a kid, you were outside playing the whole entire time until the streetlights came on. That's how you know it was time to come home for dinner. But now this day and age, it just seems like we're pulling teeth here to try to make you the best you could be. But instead, they want to just be home playing Fortnite and all this other stuff. So another thing that we like to do is we, uh, we, we talk to the parents and just be like, hey, you got to limit this, you got to limit that, and you have to make sure they're getting their reps because if they're not getting their reps, they're not. <laughs> there's going to be punishes. There's going to be consequences, 
And I mean, you're not going to like it, but you have to understand something. If I'm telling you to do something and you want to play at that next level, I mean, you got to put in the work. So they are a developing team and we've made strides. We've made progressions, but I just feel like that age bracket, uh, the wiring upstairs is just a little different from say our 2021 team, 21, 2021 team. Uh, I started that about a year and a half ago, same exact hiccups, same exact everything as the 2022 team. However, the parents and the players were sick and tired of it. So you know what they did? They banded together. You know what? We have amazing coaches. We have everything. But why are we being clicky right now? Meaning like, oh, I'm from Highland. I'm just going to hang out with Highland people. Or uh, I'm just from Newburgh. I'm just going to hang out with the Newburgh people. That's not the way this goes. If you want to come together as a team, you have to adapt and overcome. So that's their transition period right now. Uh, We just came back from a tournament on Long Island. It was called the Blatant Summer Showdown. And it was a very good showing, minus um, how they placed. For me, it's not all about winning. For for me, it's it's progression. You have to you have to build a foundation before you can build a house. Because without the foundation, the house means nothing. Like you said, it's not all about just the scoreboard. It's the long term. It's not. Yep, and I agree with that. On episode number five of Foundations of Sports and getting into exactly what we're talking about, building a foundation, John Hoke from JVH Performance, he, he talked about the impact of when his alumni come back to visit him. Tell us a story of one or two of your alumni from the New York Reign who have made a positive impact in sports and life and taken the lessons that you and your coaches and their parents have taught them and do the right thing on and off the field. I like that. So... um we don't really have alumni because we're, we're a young program. So our 2021 is our oldest team. So we don't have them quite yet. However, when myself and Owen get together, uh, I think it's every president's day, which is October, the weekend of October 6th or whatever it is. Uh, myself and Owen, we play in our Dominican college alumni game. From there, we do invite some of the players from New York range just to see, cause they always want to see the coach play. Because we show them in practice. They see everything. They're like, oh, my God, you're so good. You're doing behind-the-back stuff. I'm like, guy, it's not that hard. You just got to put in the work. That's all it is. Um, So what we like to do is um, how you brought up the episode five. We kind of do what what John Hoke said, but we we flip it a little bit. So we take the alumni that we play with at Dominican College, and in return, we we put them as our coaching staff. Because I know that, I'm not just going to hire a coach off the streets that I know nothing about. But if I played or I continue to play in an alumni game and we're really meshing, reviving well, and you have something that I think that you could talk to these kids or you could bring to the table or you can offer, I'm going to bring you on board. And we have to realize something too. Our talent does not come from our players. Yes, they are very skillful and they are good. However, if you have a perfect coach or a talented coach and you have multiple players, I think you'd get a better ratio out of that than having talented players and not skilled coaches than skill, uh, sorry, talented coaches and not skilled players. So it's kind of hand in hand with that. Whether it's teachers or coaches or, or mentors, it, it could be applied to any sport or any profession. 
you know, uh, it's what do you learn and how do you apply it? And I love how you flip it in terms of working with the alumni, Dominican, and getting the right coaches and also challenging your athletes and your players to be the best. And that if there's something they can't do, whether, like you said, it's a behind-the-back pass, and that might be something that comes up six months from now when he's got a defender in front of him and he needs to make that pass late in the game, whatever that is, you challenge them to go above and beyond. And, and I really like how you like you take that coaching staff from the Dominican uh, college game and put it to, to good use for the rain. It's a great use of sports and coaching. hundred percent, hundred percent. Cause I, I believe that Dominican college, like they helped me to succeed to where I'm at now. So if I'm given the opportunity, so there's something like New York rain, why not share, share it? There's, there's nothing wrong with share it right now. I have Sean McGregor on my coaching staff. He's a 2022 head coach over there. He also played at Dominican college, Danny Steiger, which is congratulations, Danny, um, just got named the head coach of Dominican college in return. He was one of the coaches, but obviously he has a bigger role now. Uh, we also have Ray Mang, which I actually coached when I went back to Newburgh, um, awesome player, graduated post-university, and even some of the position-specific coaches that we have. We have Richie and Luke. Uh, Richie right now is playing for uh, Pace. We have Luke playing uh, Long Island University. It used to be called CW Post. We have two goalie coaches that are amazing. Uh, one is just transferred from Post to Stack, and the other uh, goalie is the starting goalie at Stack. Uh, we have a face-off guy that just – he's going to uh, Albany, And it's just like the offensive coaches, myself, uh, Owen, Sean, Ray. I mean, the parents love it, see everything that we're doing. And we're shooting for the skies right now. Honestly, it's just – it just seems like lacrosse clubs around here are becoming a little oversaturated. And uh, we kind of had to sit down at the drawing board. and We don't want to be one of those programs to just be like, yeah, we're just going to play lacrosse. We don't, we don't really care what happens. We're just in it for the money. Honestly, I can tell you this right now, never been in it for the money. I'm in it for the experience that your child gets. That's the only thing I want. I want them to succeed in every aspect of life. And you talk about, like you said, the growth of the player. And also the game of lacrosse has certainly grown within just the last five years, but certainly the last 15 or 20. And I'm going to put a two-part question out at you about the growth of the game. Like the first you. one is, and we mentioned them a little bit before, is the Yale Bulldogs. The 2018 NCAA lacrosse tournament, that was on ESPN Memorial Day weekend. And it was popular mm-hmm. all around, even with people who really don't know about the game. First part is, tell us about that tournament and what it does to grow the game. Okay. So I have a two-part answer for that. Um, the, I, I believe that if we want lacrosse to be uh, as big as Major League Baseball, NBA, or anything like that, we have to get rid of the aspect to all eyes are on the NCAA tournament. So NLL, which is the National League lacrosse, that's indoor. So it's kind of like a box-style Canadian kind of thing. Um, and this is, this is like some of the things that, um, I wish like ESPN or, 
the little cross network or something like that would get, would get huge with because we have these players that played amazing games in NCAA transition to MLL. And really the only ones that are actually making a career out of being a professional lacrosse athlete are some of the ones that are endorsed with huge names. So like, for instance, I know we're going to get into it in a little bit, but Paul Rabel, Rob Pinnell, Miles Jones, Josh Byrne, um, Miles Thompson, Lyle Thompson, Jeremy Thompson. I mean, I can keep on going on and on and on, but why is it that we're only focusing on the NCAA? Yes, it's an amazing time. It's an awesome sport. But now what happens after the NCAA? You just stop watching lacrosse? If we, if we have to market lacrosse, especially as a sport, to get it to that next level, we can't just focus on NCAA, NCAA, NCAA. Because you have to realize some, some of these salaries that just the MLL or the NLL even offer, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't make a living off of that. And what happens if you get injured? Then what? With this whole 20, well, congratulations to 2018 Yale Bulldogs. Uh, there's two people I like to bring up for that. Joey Sessa, which uh, this is a Section 9 guy. He came from Minnesink High School. Amazing player. Also, Ben Reeves. Ben Reeves is just a freak of nature on the field. Um, he's from uh, Macedon. And I, I even looked him up before we started talking. Uh, just for the four years that he was playing, 174 goals and 142 assists. He's kind of he's kind of a balanced athlete. Usually what you see is you see like 175 goals and 20 assists. So what does that tell you? He's just a shooter. But this guy always has his head up no matter what the situation is. And if he has the time and uh, room to shoot, he's going to let it fly. However, he knows that if there's someone on him or there's that next pass, he's going to pass it off. So that's why, I mean, overall, awesome athlete. And uh, I applaud him and good luck to him on his MOL career. And even looking at the NCAA tournament, I personally believe that Albany was going to take it. But Yale did their homework. They sat down. They shut down their two weapons, Tahoka and Connor Fields. And look what happened. They were, they were technically the underdog. When you talk about Ben Reeves, too, you said a lot. But one thing that really stands out is he always had his head up. And that's an analogy not only in the lacrosse field, but in life and in any sport that you're playing. You have to have your head up. You have to have your head in the swivel. And you have to see what's in front of you and process it. It's so important. And I think, like you said, with, with Ben, I mean, that was an incredible game, incredible run by Yale to, to win the tournament up in uh, Foxborough. It was, uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun Memorial Day weekend. Oh, my God. I had... Uh... Well, I mean, I work, so I don't really get the the pleasures and the luxuries of having off on weekends and holidays. But, I mean, even just the, the highlights. And it's always good to see ESPN, like, da-na-na, da na as as you see, uh, SE10, Sports Center Top 10. As soon as you see lacrosse, I get goosebumps. It's it's awesome. And I, I it's just an amazing sport. The second part of the question, you mentioned his name previously is, is Paul Rabel and he has a, a great podcast called suiting up podcast and he's involved a lot, in a lot to grow the game through his different camps and his foundation but tell us about what Paul has done and the effect that he has on the growth of the game of lacrosse so that is <laughs> he is the face of lacrosse he no matter where he is or how he's doing it uh, he's he's growing the game very inspirational, his videos. We just talked about suiting up with Paul Rabel. 
but he also has other things that uh, I believe are a ma- major asset to lacrosse as far as he has something called the Ray Bull experience. So from there, what he does is he takes little videos, like they're how-to videos, and uh, it, it kind of it, it elevates your game and it boosts your lacrosse IQ. Second of all, he has a Suiting Up podcast, Suiting Up with Paul Rabel. I mean, some of the names that this man is bringing to those podcasts are just out of this world. And I believe with the connections that he has, that's how we're going to forget about, oh, it's always NCAA, it's always NCAA about lacrosse. What about Major League Lacrosse? What about National League Lacrosse? Like that's, I believe that he's going to be the face soon enough to help turn this thing around so some of these professional athletes that are in lacrosse can actually make a career out of it. Um, and he also does, he gives back, the Rainbow Foundation. I mean, uh, charities. I mean, if you look at any professional athlete, he has everything that he needs to mirror, say, um, who can we talk about, LeBron James or uh, – I mean, you name it, he's doing everything correctly. And that is the face of lacrosse right now. So whatever you're doing, Paul, dude, keep it up. Well, it's someone like you said, LeBron James or Drew Brees, who he's had on his podcast suiting up. Uh, to anyone who's just trying to grow the game, and that's sports in general. And you don't need to be a huge name, a huge player, a big name coach to grow the game. And that's what you and your team are doing with the New York rain. Uh, you're certainly growing it from a, a grassroots level and you're impacting kids f- for 20, 30 years from down the line. And, and, and that's special. And we applaud you for that. Now we got the world lacrosse championships upcoming, right? And it's sort of like the world cup for lacrosse. We got the world cup of soccer going on, but the world cup for lacrosse, let's say you were chosen to be the head coach. You've mentioned a lot of players in all different ages, all different uh, levels, but who's the one player you would, you would choose to be your captain? Does it matter as far as Major League Lacrosse, National League Lacrosse, Collegiate? Does it matter? Can be anyone. Anyone. Hmm. That's a good question. I, get, I, I brainstormed a little bit about this. Um, a couple names popped up, and I'll let you know the overall. Uh, Tahoka. Miles Jones, Josh Byrne, Rob Pinnell, uh, Paul Rabel. And to be honest with you, I just like the way the kid plays. So I might take Tahoka. As, as your number one right there. Yeah, as my number one, believe it or not. I would uh, oh, awesome. I, I would take him. He, you got to realize he's 19, 20, 20 years old. And man, just his vision, head's always up. You got to realize, like the one-two punch, him and Connor Fields. I I just love the way the kid plays. You know, yeah, because he reminds me a lot of a bigger version of Lyle Thompson. Well, it's certainly. I think that's a good start in terms of uh, Team USA there. So now we have all these professional athletes and some of these collegiate athletes going out to Israel to play in our World Cup of Lacrosse. But how can you follow anything? If you're not there, how can we get the sport to the next level? Well, I think that's certainly something that you're doing with the New York rain. And it's a question. It's just like soccer. If you think that has grown so much in the United States when MLS came into play in the nineties. And I think it's something where lacrosse, it's just going to be on an upswing here. Like you said, if it gets the notoriety, the popularity, but also 
having the right coaches at all levels from pro to college to your club teams all the way down to the youth it's and that's just not lacrosse it's it's everywhere where they're worried about something that you hit the nail on the head development not just the scoreboard not just okay we won we lost and that's important sure it is everyone wants to win in the end but you look at someone like Nick Saban, the process, and whether you like Alabama or, or, or Saban or not, whatever it is, you take that out of it for a second, and you look at how he tells his team, don't worry about the scoreboard, worry about the next play. And I think it's similar to where lacrosse here is. If each day at a time, a grassroots effort from all levels, this is something that's going to be at the major level in 10 to 15 years from now. I am from your lips to God's ears, I hope so. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> Well, Jeremy, as we finish up, we're going to use an analogy that we're in the fourth quarter of uh, Team USA's opening round game in the World Championships. Chris, you're giving me goosebumps, dude. You can't be playing uh, with this. <laughs> All right. So how could sports play a positive role in the future? Hmm. Honestly? Please do. I think... <laughs> guidance okay guidance and uh holding players as well as coaches accountable because if you are to follow say a guideline and you uh you get off the the beaten path for it and there's a consequence behind it there's a whole psychological aspect behind it so what they're doing is they want to be on track they don't want to be quote unquote that guy to mess something up or make someone run so I believe that guidance and guidelines would make a positive role or a positive player for the future. Guidance and accountability, two things that are needed all around, yes. certainly. What are your goals for the future? Oh, man, I like this question. Personal or uh, New York Rain? Both. Okay, personal. We'll go personal in New York Rain. So I don't know if any of you guys know, but I am a police officer. So, uh, of course, some of my goals are included moving up through the ladders. Uh, also, I'm part of the community policing unit, so I do like to go to schools to put on, say, like bullying presentations, stuff like that. So one day I would like to be uh, the higher up or the chief or in charge, whatever you want to call it. Uh, laxology and New York Rain, honestly. I would like it to be a competitive atmosphere that is family oriented. And that's my, I, like I keep on telling you the 2022 team, they're, they're, they're an identity crisis right now. Uh, who's the leader? Who's going to step up? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? So what I would like it to be is I would just like all kids, all players just to uh, have an experience of their life as well as let me help you get into college. And those are, I, that's the only thing I care about. My main goal at the end of the day is to make sure you're safe and lacrosse-wise to get you into college. Let me do the rest with the connections that I have or some of my, player, uh, my coaches have. Let us do our job. In return, you have to do yours. No talking back, no questions, no nothing. I promise you, it will be a positive experience as long as you are a sponge. That is it. Certainly admirable goals for the future. 
I'm going to shift gears a little bit to a fun question that I ask every one of our guests. All right. Any sports event that you would like to attend in any location, who is playing and who are you tailgating with before the game? Oh, man. Okay, so the tailgating thing, I'm probably bringing Owen, to be completely honest with you. That kid can talk to a wall, and overall, he's just a bundle of joy and awesome to hang out with. And an event that I would like to go to, probably a Manchester United soccer game. That's awesome. I just, I, I love the, like those diehard fans that would just literally do anything just to have, to hype up their team and have their team win. And it's very like, I wouldn't say confrontational, but it's very like, this is my territory. I'm proud of these boys. And that's exactly what I would like to be a part of. I think you guys will have a good time at that game. Certainly. Uh, <laughs> <I'll try. laughs> it's uh, Manchester United and all of the English premier. I mean, again, that that's grown so much and, it's on Channel Four and Sunday mornings. It's it's grown tremendously. So, I, like I said, I think you guys will have a real good time at, at that event. What would you like to leave our audience with today, Jeremy? Honestly, what I'd like to leave you guys with is um, a little thing that someone told me when I was young. Um, my whole life, I've been told you can't or you won't. Um, what I did actually is I. I proved them wrong. So how I did this is I made this a positive experience by focusing my energy towards something that I loved, which is lacrosse and being a police officer. So just a little food for thought is that don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't. And if they do prove them wrong, do everything you can in your nature to prove them wrong. And that's the best I can tell you to do. And where can we find you? <laughs> Uh, you can find me, uh, some of my social media, um, Instagram handle is at N Y R E I G N L C. And then the, the more popular one, that's just strictly for the lacrosse club. The more popular one is just at laxology. Um, we do have two Facebook pages, one for New York rain and the other one for laxology. And also the best thing that anyone could do is probably email me. And it's going to be nyrainlc at gmail.com. The other part of the quote from that New, the New York Rain website says the following. We believe that lacrosse changed our lives for the better and would like to pass that along. You're certainly accomplishing that through the hard work of you and your coaches. From everything you talked about today, from a, a commitment, accountability, everything to help the youth and also the parents become better people on and off the field. We salute you for that, Jeremy. And, and thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Hey, Chris, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. A few parts of the episode that stood out for me is the importance of keeping your head up, not only on the field, but in all aspects of life, as you never know when an opportunity will rise or come about. The importance of every player and coach doing their job to help the team and by doing all the little things to become better players. And if someone says you can't accomplish your goal, to focus your energy on your purpose and the things that you can control to prove them wrong and accomplish your goal. We thank Jeremy for coming on the show. And thank you for taking the time to listen to Foundations of Sports. If you enjoyed the show, please send a link to one family member or friend who you think might enjoy this episode. In addition, your feedback's important. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes from your phone, tablet, or computer greatly appreciate it. 
You can find us on foundationsofsports.com, newly added to Spotify and iHeartRadio, as well as iTunes, Google Play, at Twitter, Foundation Sport, and the social media outlets at Foundations of Sports. Next week, we have a special two-part series coming up on the Tour de France winner from Italy who uses bike, strength, and courage to save many people during World War II. We will see you next week, and as always, best to you and your family.